should the Edmonton Oilers acquire in goal? Braden Holtby, Marc-Andre Fleury, Martin Jones leading the way right now, the flower. Uh, coming in second in the vote, Braden Holtby, who I think they should. I've been championing that for two years. They got too many goalies in Dallas. Trade Holtby. You guys aren't going anywhere. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show on a, what, Wednesday, midweek, episode number 688 of your favorite sports talk show is coming your way from beautiful South Florida. One half of the show and the other half is in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle, where I understand it's quite cold today. We've got breaking news to get to today, Darren Moose-Dupon. We've got a lot of fun topics to get to today. Um, listen, I... It's been quite a morning for me. Um, it, uh, I got caught out in the rain. Got caught out in the rain. Uh -oh. As my mom used to say, that guy doesn't have enough sense to come in from out of the rain. And that was me. I was, uh, <laughs> got rained on in my Jeep. Ah. And then I come home and our gear is almost getting rained on. So now you see the sunshine back here. But that's the kind of morning that I've had, man. How's your, because uh, it's noon Eastern already. How are things out your way? You know what? They're okay. They're okay. It is, I'm just looking, minus 30. Uh, that's without the wind chill, okay? The blizzard is gone, but the snow is piled up to the window. Um, it is... So I sat inside. Uh, you and I had a good conversation on the phone. I watched yeah. Sports Center, had coffee, stayed warm, and uh, yeah, life is good. Okay, good. Well, I see that uh, it's like minus with the wind chill, 35 or something in Calgary right now. So by the time we get back there, it's going to be above zero. So uh, got it. So, yeah, the guests today, we, ha we had to get him. ESPN 1530 Cincinnati's Mo Egger with his Bengals going to the Super Bowl. Mo's going to join us to talk about that unlikely visit by the Bengals. And from the Seattle Kraken broadcast crew, our good friend Mike Benton. Benton on the mic. So those are the guests today, and let's, without any further ado, let's get to the quick six show topics. Can you hit the horn, Director Jordan? Thank you. This isn't even. This isn't even point one. This is the breaking news from Wednesday morning. Washington has some new commanders in town. The NFL team announced its new name on Wednesday, 18 months after fresh pressure from sponsors helped convince the once-storied franchise to drop its old moniker following decades of criticism that it was offensive to Native Americans, the term Redskins. The organization committed to avoiding Native American imagery and its rebrand after being called the Washington football team the past two seasons. From 1932 until two seasons ago, Washington had used the name Redskins, which offended some Native Americans and others. As the Commanders now, named this morning, Washington keeps the same burgundy and gold colors that were around for three Super Bowl championships in the 1980s and early 90s glory days. It follows the desire of team president Jason Wright and coach Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron, for the new name to have a connection to the U.S. military. I want to stand up if I could. I'm strapped in here. I can't, but say, bravo, Washington. I love the name, Commanders. That's the poll question today. If the fellows want to put it up on the screen for Capital Automall, Universal Collision Center, Capital with dealerships all across the prairies, do you like the name, Commanders? For me, it's an, an emphatic yes. Shortly after I posted that to Twitter, it was an emphatic no. 100% of respondents said they don't like it, but they don't care. Moose, I'll say it again. I love it. I was hoping there would be a military tie-in. It's pretty cool. Commanders. 
And listen, I don't think a lot of the voters understand. In America, one out of 10 Americans has some sort of affiliation to the military. I actually thought it would be more. A brother, a daughter, a son, a sister, a mother, a father. Somebody has that tie into the military. They're in Washington. Go get it. I think it's a major win. Now, it's a little bit of tech mobile-ish. You know what I mean? Like I guess playing the video game? Yes. Today, the Washington Commanders versus the New York Comets. But we'll get over that. <laughs> and it's a, it's a wonderful name. Way to go, Washington Commanders. I'm a fan, except for when they play the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC, in the NFC East. Look, <laughs> I'm torn, man. You gave, a, you gave a great speech, and I'm kind of sold on Commanders now. But when I woke up this morning, you. or when I saw the leaks yesterday, I was highly disappointed. But it's not because I think another name is better. I think no name was better. I loved Washington football team. I thought it was organic to the roots. And if they weren't going to go with that, they wanted to have a team name, I can get behind Commanders. The only funny thing I saw on Twitter, and I was looking at it, was, you know, they said commanders in the military are, are outranked. Was it by generals and admirals? Colonels. So, yeah. So it's already a third tier name. And uh, it kind of fits for the franchise being in that division. Um, but you know what? It's good. I, I'm cool. The military tie in. And here's the thing I said this about names when we were talking about names in other leagues, right? Whether it was Red Blacks or Elks in the Canadian Football League or you know, Kraken or Golden Knights in the National Hockey League. You know what? Eventually, the name will just be the name, and we're not going to think it's stupid. So if you think it's stupid now, just give it a few years. You'll come around to it just being the commanders, and away we go. So if it wasn't going to be Washington football team, I'm cool with commander. Patrolman Pete watching Winnipeg says it sounds a bit like the name of a fictional team that would be used in a movie. I know, or like I say, tech mobile, but you'll get used to it. Uh, from Darren in Salt Lake City, Commanders ties into the president or commander-in-chief. Yeah, I think it's a win. And I appreciate everybody chiming in with their good mornings from wherever you're watching across uh, North America, Canada, and the USA on Game Plus Network and YouTube Live. By the way, I, I see there was a rant in there. The boys stamped it. Uh, Rod's rant brought to you by Bronco Plumbing and Heating and Cooling. Reach us at 306-781-2090. For any and all of your water softener needs. I know the boys are watching at Bronco Plumbing and Heating. But as far as team names go and being offensive, that seems so 2020. So let's get to the actual games, okay? And here is the number one uh, point. Uh, we're going to talk about the games. We're going to get to Brian Flores, trust me. NHL one-timers from Tuesday night. James Van Riemsdyk snapped the tie game when he scored off a rebound with 4.09 to go to lift Philadelphia over Winnipeg 3-1. That is two straight wins for the Flyers following a 13-game losing streak. Winnipeg's Kyle Connor scored 48 seconds into the game. Connor fired one from the circle past Katahat for his 25th of the season. The Flyers are now going on the All-Star break, and Kata says they could use the break. Um, so I was watching the game. It was our, or at least my featured game last night, watching Flyers-Jets. There's five minutes to go. I'm like, ah, this is going to overtime or a shootout. Do I want to stay up for it? Eh, a minute later, wango, defensive breakdown. Two-on-one, Flyers score. Then they get an empty netter. The Jets hold a closed-door meeting after the game. Dave, La which, by the way, never works. And Dave Lowry, the head coach, the interim head coach, was like, uh, I don't think these guys know how important these points are right now. 
14 points out. It's over. God bless Hustler and all the great Jets fans watching in Winnipeg right now on Bell MTS, cable system, and Game Plus TV. But it's over. So I've got Jets fans sending me a list of untouchable Jets. There's like 10 names on it, Moose. And I'm like, if these guys are all untouchable, you should be better than you are. And I think they should be better than they are. Nobody really has an answer yet for what's wrong with the Winnipeg Jets, but it's something. And by the way, closed-door meetings don't ever work. Do you, Darren? Because you've been around long enough. You just surpassed your 35th birthday. They had a... That, that meeting back in September really turned things around. That closed-door meeting. Remember when we kicked the coaches out? Do you ever remember that? No. That's what bad teams do. Yeah, it, uh, you know, it is. And closed-door meetings, I mean... Sometimes you can have moments, but not after a game. You know, if you have it the next day on an off day when you're feeling uh, a little bit settled or, or on a game day and it can spark you to a win and that can spark you to a second win and a third win, I've seen that, but not right after a game because you still go home or go to your hotel feeling bad. You're not rallied up after the loss and late at night. So it's, it's a little bit tough, but I get it. Whatever you need to do to address this. The thing is, when, it, when Winnipeg comes back to you with 10 untouchable players, that tells me two things. A, there's still a lot of good in this organization, and there's a chance. Now, even if this season's a write-off, maybe you want to bring them back next year, and maybe it's a coaching thing, maybe it's a couple of pieces in the offseason. Cool. But it also tells me if you've got 10 untouchables, who else can bring you value? You're going to have to separate with somebody of value that you like, and it's going to hurt, in order to try and bring some value back and grow your team, right? It's the only way to grow. You got to give up something to get something. If they're going to go into a rebuild, it's going to suck for Jets fans because you're going to lose players you love. In uh, the comments, Carlos Legena is watching in Indianapolis. He says, "Does Cowboys versus Commanders have the same ring to it as Cowboys versus Redskins?" No, but it doesn't matter. Redskins are gone. Get over it. From BW watching on YouTube, Commandos are better than Elks. It's not the commandos, it's the commanders, okay? They're going to be wearing underwear out there. They're not going to be running around bareback. <laughs> it's not the commandos, it's the commanders. Come on, let's pay attention here. The general in Calgary oh. says, game of the night, Rod, Flames versus Stars. Uh, maybe for you. Uh <laughs> Jennifer at the Four Seasons watching. She says, 13 in a row. Oh, my. Who's the cancer in the room, I wonder? That was Philly that had lost 13 in a row, not the Winnipeg Jets. We're not having a postmortem on the Philadelphia Flyers here, okay? We'll leave that up to Dan, the situation, Cerevelli. Uh, the Flyers are not our... They're not our dog in the race. Moving on, Alex Galchenyuk was the only scorer in the shootout, and the Arizona Coyotes rallied to beat Colorado 3-2 Tuesday, snapping the Avs' 18-game home win streak as we roll through the NHL one-timers here. Chris Kreider had two power play goals and an assist, and the New York Rangers beat NHL-leading Florida 5-2. The Duke, Anthony Duclair, and Sam Reinhardt scored for Florida. Alexander Barkov had a couple of ha uh, helpers. In Tampa, Victor Hedman scored from the left circle with 2.15 left in overtime, and Tampa Bay beats San Jose 3-2. In Boston, David Pasternak scored twice, including a tie-breaking power play goal in the third to lift Boston over Seattle 3-2, and it's starting to rain again. Pray for me. Oh, Mitch Marner no. had two goals. 
Mitch Marner had two goals and an apple. Jack Campbell made 31 saves in Toronto. Routed New Jersey 7-1. In Pittsburgh, Dmitry Orlov scored his second goal of the game in the final minute of overtime to give Washington a 4-3 win over Pittsburgh. In New York, Oliver Wallstrom and Matthew Barzal scored in the second period. Ilya Sorokin stopped 26 of 27 shots, and the Islanders beat Ottawa 4-1. Philip Forsberg scored twice, and UC Soros made 30 saves in the 100th win of his career. Nashville beat Vancouver 4-2. Also scoring for Nashville, Tanner Janot, what do you know? The pride of Oxbow Sask. Oliver Collington exited the penalty box, joined a rush, and scored to cap a three-goal rally in the third period as Calgary defeated Dallas 4-1. That's the game everybody's talking about. I understand the Flames' comeback there. Andrew Mangiapane and Johnny Gaudreau also scored third-period goals, and Elias Lindholm assisted on the tying and winning goals. And in Vegas, Mark Stone, Jonathan Marcheseau, and Brett Howden each had a goal and a helper, and Vegas beat Buffalo 5-2. That's what happened in the NHL on Tuesday night. How about that? And now if you and now if you're ready, folks, can we go with the NHL top five, bottom five? Where here ye, here ye, here we go. Another shift in the top five from the RP show is collected by the host. The number one team in the NHL remains the Florida Panthers. 69 points are number one in the NHL. And they, of course, set a record for goals in a month coming out of January. These guys are something special. Number two, Colorado. They've won nine of ten. They're the NHL's hottest team. And despite stubbing their toe against the Yotes last night, uh, you got to watch out for these guys. Number three, the Carolina Hurricanes. They weren't in our top five last week. We might have been remiss, but they're back. They've won four in a row. Their 762 winning percentage is actually better than Florida. Carolina's number three. Number four, the Tampa Bay Lightning. What can I say? The three-peat is alive. And number five, how about this? The Toronto Maple Leafs. How about that? Five wins in a row. Five wins in a row are five wins in a row. Definitely the best team in Canada. Now to the bottom five teams in the National Hockey League. Number 28, the Buffalo Sabres. Congratulations, Buffalo. You narrowly beat out Philly for the fifth worst team in the NHL. Number 29, New Jersey. This is their first appearance in our bottom five all year. So bravo to them. Their 389 winning percentage is actually worse than Ottawa. Number 30, Seattle. Kraken. Again, the worst team in the worst division. Congrats. Number 31, the Arizona Coyotes. It's getting even colder in the Valley of the Sun. Minus 68 now. In plus minus. And uh, the worst team in the NHL. I'm sorry, it breaks my heart to say it. Number 32, the Montreal Canadiens. 23 points in the NHL. One win in their last 10 games. After having been there in June, Moose, with you, Stanley Cup Final. It's very hard to believe this is the situation that the Habs are looking at. But it is what it is. And there'll be sellers leading up to the deadline. Um, any last thoughts for you on our top five, bottom five, or anything else before we break and come back with Brian Flores? Uh, I talked to a rough rider, former rough rider, who's very upset with the way things have gone there. But your take on our points so far? Yeah, the top five, bottom five, that Montreal thing, man. I mean, I feel so bad for the fan base. We were around that city, and it was just up here, right? It was so high and so exciting. And you really felt... This is like the birthplace of hockey. And this is what it's supposed to be. The Canadians are good. They're passionate. They're excited. You know, and now this. I just can't imagine what the city's going through right now. So it kind of breaks my heart a little bit. 
interesting yesterday when Eric Engels was on from Sportsnet Montreal saying they've had all wide range of emotions, everything they felt in Montreal. And believe me, I get it. And when we were talking about that, uh, it reminded me of Grey Cup's past where I would be covering Grey Cups with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and I would be on all these media outlets across the country, and they'd be going, Rod, what's the adage? What's that like in Rider Nation right now? What's that like in Saskatchewan? I'm like, I don't know. I'm at Grey Cup. I can only imagine. Right. But, but it's a nice segue. When we come back, we will talk about Brian Flores, the former Miami Dolphins coach who's suing the NFL for racist practices in the most popular sports league in America. I've reached out to some of my friends in the NFL, and I'm going to tell you what they had to say about this. And also, uh, Ed Ganey is departing the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, a very storied member of that football club, big part of it, and he ain't happy. So it's going to be ball for all, a lot of football when we come back. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.